Hey guys, welcome to Pursuing Jesus. I'm Shane Winnings, and this is episode 19, and it's titled, Is It Wrong to Pray Out Loud? Now, we're going to get into this. We're going to discuss what Jesus talked about, different stories in the Bible regarding praying out loud. But first, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening. And it's been an incredible ride already the last month. You know, if this is your first episode, I want you to know we had 20,000 streams in our first month. And that's because you guys are amazing. And you're you're not just listening for yourself, but you're sharing it. I'm seeing so many comments of, I sent this to my family. I sent this to my friends. They're all saying it's such a blessing. And that blesses me because I know that it's Christ who is speaking to you through me. It's not me. I don't have anything to offer you apart from Christ. And so when I hear that people's lives are being touched and, and changed and revelation is hitting you and your eyes are being opened, that is all the work of Jesus. And so I want to give him the glory and honor right now because that is not something I have the ability to do in my own flesh. And if you want to help us keep doing this, if you want to help partner with us, we're calling on people to, to consider giving $5 a month towards this podcast or towards my ministry. Um, I'm an unpaid missionary, and so we fully rely on donor support. You can click the description in the podcast, wherever you're streaming from. It should say, support this podcast with the link, or you can go to my website, shanewinnings.com, click on give, and you could set up an automatic withdrawal there as well. We're looking for about 75 more partners. We started at 100. We've got 25 so far. We're looking for 75 partners to give $5 a month. And hey, follow us. Whatever streaming platform you're on, hit the follow button, subscribe, turn on notifications, hit the bell. You'll get updated whenever I post new episodes like this one. So let's talk about it. Praying. Praying in the open. A few stories in the Bible. Let's let's come to a conclusion here. Some people, when I post videos of praying for the sick out in public, they say, brother, you're not supposed to pray for anyone out in public. This is what Jesus said. Now, usually these are kids because anyone who has read the Bible knows that Jesus did not pray for people to be healed in private. He did it out in public. And so I could easily just say, hey, yes, we can pray for people in the open. Jesus did it. But I want to give you even more scripture, scriptural uh, background and um, just something for you to chew on because people do come with rebuttals and they have scriptures to back up their rebuttals. And I think it's just a misunderstanding. So this shouldn't be too long, but we're going to get into it. First was a story of Daniel, and I shared this yesterday, but with a different context, and that was in regards to um, Romans 13, and you should really check that out. It's about, should we blindly obey the government? And I said no, and I, I spent 29 minutes explaining why. But today in the story of Daniel, we're going to talk about prayer. Was he wrong for praying out loud? Was he in sin? Should he have just closed his window and prayed in quiet? Because later on, Jesus is going to say, don't pray out in the open where everyone can hear you and, and you can look like, you know, this holy person. But he was addressing a specific group of people in that instance. And the story of Daniel is just about King Darius trying to limit access to or the worship of God. And so Daniel's not really a good example um, because Daniel went against the mandate that the king had put in place. So let's look at what Jesus says. Let's look at Matthew 6 6. He says this, and this is all in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says that 
when you pray, go into your, your room, go into your closet, and close the door, and you're going to be with your Father. He says, pray to your Father in heaven who hears you, and when you do this, when you pray in secret, you'll be rewarded in the open. And so by saying that, by Jesus saying, go pray in secret, is he condemning praying in the open? No, he's not. Just because someone says one thing doesn't mean that you can flip it and the opposite is true. Well, if he tells you to pray in secret and you don't, then you're going against what Jesus said. Well, that's not necessarily true. Jesus is making a point because he's teaching them how to pray. And he's saying, guys, prayer is something that is an intimate thing that is between you and the Father. Now, by saying that, he's not condemning prayer in the open because Jesus did pray in the open. Even when he prayed for Lazarus, he prayed out loud and he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I don't even say this for my benefit. I say this for the benefit of those around me. So he's literally praying out loud and saying, I'm not even saying this for me. I'm saying this so that everyone else can hear. But what was the motive? That they would know that you're the one true God and that you can resurrect the dead. And he calls Lazarus forth and Lazarus is resurrected from the dead. Jesus prayed in the open. So it's about your heart position. Jesus here in Matthew 6, he's talking about rewards. And the whole passage is actually talking about rewards in Matthew 6. When you pray to be heard, you get your reward on the earth. When you pray to appear holy, whenever you get the claps or you get people shaking your hand and saying, wow, you're just so holy. When that's your motive is to get that, you've already earned your reward. The Father's not going to reward you. Jesus is teaching them, hey, when you pray in secret, the Father's going to openly reward you. What does that look like? Does that mean you pray in secret and, and God's going to give you a check? That's not the reward. If that's how you're thinking, you need to reprogram your mind to start thinking the way that God thinks. Being rewarded in the open means walking through life with a perspective and a revelation of God that no trial, no obstacle, no tribulation can shake. To me, that's the greatest reward. And I've seen it in my life. And I can tell you firsthand that that in itself is the reward. God is the reward. When I'm walking through life and a trial hits me in the face, because I've spent time with God when no one else was there, no one was listening, there weren't any cameras on, I wasn't live, I wasn't trying to get content to make a video, I just spend time with God every morning when no one else is there for no other motive than just to know Him. And the reward is when I'm walking through life and something smacks me in the face, and you know it happens to everyone. I'm not freaking out and scrambling and wondering where's God and how could this happen and is there an open door and where did this come from and we're under spiritual warfare and I need to ask for prayer and I need to get on a prayer chain and please help me, I'm in a battle. That doesn't happen to me. When I walk through fire, I've spent enough time in the secret place with Jesus that even if my flesh is freaking out and my mind wants to run a thousand directions, I have this place of faith that's small, but it's growing day by day. And it says, I am not going to lose heart. I'm not going to lose hope. I'm not going to lose faith. I don't care what is coming against me right now. God, I love you. I worship you. I know that you're with me. You haven't left me. Isaiah 54 says that no weapon against me will prosper. Isaiah 54 says that I will never be ashamed. And so I'm going to trust in you. 
every time I walk through a trial, that is my heart position. That's the reward. Now, I didn't get that overnight. It's not like I prayed one time in the secret place and a trial hit and, and all of a sudden I was filled with this faith. No, that was cultivated. You see, when I'm alone with God, I'm building my relationship with him. I'm edifying myself and the truth of his word and who he is. And, and I talked about this and how to pray. It's a few episodes back. You should go check it out if you want to learn about how to pray. But I've cultivated this relationship with God to where now when I'm out in the open, when it's time to, you know, cash in, so to speak, on that relationship, when trials come my way, I don't just have a bunch of sermons and a bunch of church attendance that I'm going to try to fall back on to get me through. I have built a relationship with God. And when I'm out in the open and life starts to happen, I have that relationship to lean on. Because the truth is, I'm always leaning on it. I can't do anything of my own flesh. Jesus even said he can't do anything apart from the Father. Nothing he did was of himself. He said, it's the Father who dwells in me. He's the one who does the miracles. He's the one who you guys love. You're seeing God in me. And that is what the, the Christ in us, the hope of glory, means. Christ in me, the hope of glory, means that you should be able to see Christ. Glory, the, the, the hope of glory. Glory is the expressed, recognized image of God. And when you see me, you should be able to see God, and that should create a hope in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. We should be walking around filling everyone with hope because they see Christ in us. And that gets stewarded in the secret place, and that's what Jesus is teaching in Matthew 6. You pray in secret. You know that your Father hears you, and you will be rewarded in the open. These are also some of the same people that he tells, hey, life is going to come at you. You're going to be persecuted, hated for my name's sake, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Well, you can't just take heart. Like, you can't just say, okay, I'm taking heart, and then you're ready to go be tortured for the gospel. That comes from time. Time spent with the Lord in secret, where you're just being real, being raw with him. I'm writing a new book right now. I actually have a publisher for this one. Well, it's, it's, we're in the contract phase, I guess I could say. Um, we're about to present the first two chapters to them and it's looking good, but I just wrote about how that intimate time with God is where I was changed. And Jesus is teaching them this. And so Jesus is not, he's not condemning praying in the open because he's telling them to go pray in secret. I hope you're picking up on why I'm spending so much time on this. It's so important to pray in secret. Jesus is teaching that when you pray in secret, it comes with an open reward on the earth. Now, again, this whole teaching is from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is revealing how intentional he and the Father are. You know, Matthew 5 is the you say, but I say. And he's talking about, you know, you say that the law says thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you even look at someone with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. He's expressing, look, we see the heart. We see the intentions. We see the motives. We see inward. And then Jesus goes right into Matthew 6 and he's talking about prayer. All of this message, Jesus is revealing that it's a greater thing than just what happens on the outside. But what is the heart position? And then 
He goes from Matthew 6 into Matthew 7, where he says, man, there's people that present an appearance of holiness, but they're going to stand before me one day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things? Didn't we pray in your name and cast out demons in your name and prophesy in your name and heal in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity or you practicers of lawlessness. People who lived as if God never gave them a law to obey. They never considered God. They did whatever they wanted, but they had the language. They had the Christian language. They had the Christian works, but their heart was far from God. So all of this message is Jesus revealing. Matthew 5, the law is not just the law. I actually look at the heart and the intent. Maybe you're not committing adultery on the outside, but you're looking with lust. I see that you've already committed adultery. You need to check your heart. Matthew 6, when you pray, don't do it to be recognized. Get in the prayer closet. Get along with God because the world is going to throw a lot at you. The enemy, the devourer is coming for you, and you want to be rewarded in the open with a revelation of God's presence and a perspective that he's always with you. He's never going to leave you, and you're always going to overcome. And Matthew 7, he begins to give the consequence for the people that do not live that way. And he says, there are people that are going to ignore what I'm saying. They're going to keep Keep trying to do the Christian thing, but their heart's going to be totally far from me, and they will not make it into the kingdom. And then what does Jesus end with? Those who hear these teachings and do them are like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Those who do not do what they have heard, these teachings, they are like fools who built their house on the sand. And the house that he's talking about is the life that you are building. And the foundation that he's talking about is Christ being the rock or the sand being the things of the world. So today I want to ask you, where are you building your foundation? Now I know this is about prayer and should we pray out loud and stuff like that, but, but it all is about a heart position. Look at your life. Look at the things that you do. Are you building a life upon sand, upon things that are temporal, the, the praises of man and the opinions of man and, and what you can get for yourself? Or is your house being built upon the rock where you know God sees everything? He sees my heart. He sees my intentions. He sees my motives. I want those to be pure. I want to be squeaky clean in my conscience before the Lord. God, search me and know me. Help me. Purify me. I want to do everything with a pure heart and clean hands. So is it wrong to pray in public? Well, it can be. Why are you doing it? Look at these teachings from Jesus and ask yourself, what is my motive here? Are you praying in public because you want to show God's love to someone? That's awesome. Are, are, you, are you at a rally and you say, man, let's pray to believe for God to do this in our country or this in our neighborhood or this in our church or this in our family? Pray into that megaphone. That's amazing. You're contending, you're believing for God to do something great. Is it wrong for someone to stand in a stadium of 100,000 people and pray for God to, to reveal himself, for God to heal the sick, for God to encounter people, for God to save? No, it's not. Now, think of this same scenario. You could have a big crusade meeting of 100,000 people. And someone gets up and they say, man, I want to pray that God would encounter you. I've been encountered by God. He changed my life. I want to pray for you. Father, show them your love. Show them that you're real. And they're praying and their heart is to see souls turn to God. And that is amazing. And the very next person could come up 
in their heart position is, I want to get a photo praying at a crusade. I want to get a cool photo of me praying to 100,000 people. I want to make sure I'm wearing a really cool outfit. I want to pray something that's just going to get me an applause. And I'm going to just pray some awesome stuff. And I want to get some good content out of this. And that's the heart position. Now they can say all the right things. And people can even receive from that prayer because God is merciful and he's graceful. And and he will not hold that person's pride against the ones who are there to receive. God will still move through the prayers of the prideful but he will deal with that person in pride. And to them, it is wrong to be praying in public. But to you with the pure heart, it's not. So whenever you feel led to pray, pray. Be led by the Spirit, but know what your heart position is. If you see someone that's sick, go pray for them. If you see someone with a cast or a brace or in a wheelchair, crutches, go pray for them. Ask them if you can lay a hand on their shoulder or on their knee or on their foot or whatever and just pray and command that thing to be healed in the name of Jesus. If you see someone that's having a hard time, ask them if you could pray and have the Holy Spirit come and just minister to them and fall on them and fill them with His power and His fire. Your heart position is to see people encounter God and that is not wrong. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope this encouraged you. I hope it cleared up some of these questions that I get of, should we pray in public? Brother, are you in sin? I see you praying out in the open. This should have put that to bed. Now, I want to encourage you. If this spoke to you, if this was helpful, will you please share it? Share it with someone so that they too can receive. Make sure that you like the podcast. It helps. Uh, give us a, a rating, you know, whatever stars you think we deserve on Spotify and Apple, it really helps. And on Apple, you can leave a written review, even one sentence helps when people are scrolling and wondering, should I get into this podcast? It really helps. I have a new book out. It's called I Will Always Overcome. It's on Amazon. It's available in a paperback copy or on Kindle. You can also buy it on my website, shanewinnings.com. It's only 10 bucks. Let me tell you about Faith International University. Incredible Bible College. It's accredited. Many missionaries are a part of it. One Voice Student Missions. We have a ton of missionaries in that course or in that school um, getting their bachelor's, getting their master's. I think someone's working on a doctoral degree right now. A lot of circuit riders are in there. A lot of YWAMers are in there. A lot of big churches are becoming a part of Faith International University because it's a great school. And the best part, you can go to school online at your own pace. Your homework's due at the end of the week. You get it done when you need to get it done. You can find more info at faithiu.edu. We are doing a historic stadium event on September 3rd in Frisco, Texas. One Voice, Jesus Clubs, Lou Engel, Upper Room. I'm calling on 1,000 youth and parents from every state. I am trying to get 50,000 people to come. Will you join us? It's totally free. You just got to get yourself to Frisco, Texas on September 3rd. You can register at events.genz4jesus.com. Absolutely free. You don't want to miss it. We are contending for God and prayer to be put back in schools. It was taken out 60 years ago. We want to see that reversed. We want to see Gen Z be saved. You can find more info at shane.winnings on Instagram and TikTok and on my YouTube at shanewinnings. Just search for my name. And finally, we're going to pray for healing like we always do. So if you have an issue in your body, hover your hand over that place and let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you in Jesus' name that you love this person. And I pray, God, right now 
that you would come with your Holy Spirit and touch their body. I command every sickness, every limitation, and every bit of pain to leave now in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.